Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as I say on every show, we got an amazing guest for you today because you know what we do? Every guest we have is amazing. We have Jada Jada Dreyer coming on, and she's done some amazing things. I've looked at her resume, and my God, we're we're proud to have her on the show today. So Jada, oh, yeah. are you here? I am. Hey y'all. Hey. <laughs> hey. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm well. How are you guys hanging in there? Pretty good. Just wish we yeah, could go do things. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah we missed crazy, taking road trip. Yeah. Yeah, we miss our we miss our road trip the most. Home. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, in the evenings we do like food delivery, so we actually help people stay mm-hmm. home. So to make extra money to keep us afloat, we kind of do a food right. delivery thing while we're building our brand here. Um, so we do get to get out some, but even that's still mm-hmm. not enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, did y'all deliver my ice cream last night? Because I had Uber Eats deliver about $60 worth of Jenny's ice cream to me last night. <laughs> oh, wow. We, we, do we have delivered ice cream. Then we do DoorDash. Ice cream scares us. I mean, we, we don't get it often, but it scares us. Because you know, I'm like, oh, God, you know, it's going to melt before we get there. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're stuck in traffic and you've got the ice cream, like, come on. Come on. <laughs> Good thing we don't have to worry about traffic much these days. That's, That's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as we get started, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, a little brief overview of you, your backstory, and some things you'd like to do outside of music. Oh, wow. Well, that is um, – uh, <laughs> my name is Jada Dreyer. I'm a, a singer-songwriter from Nashville, Tennessee. Tennessee is the seventh state that uh, I've lived in. Uh, oh, wow. I've been in Nashville for 13 years now, so it's, it's home. But I was born in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. I was raised in Iowa, went from Iowa to Florida, Florida to Georgia, Georgia to California, California to Wisconsin, Wisconsin to Texas, Texas back to Georgia, and then I moved to Nashville. And, uh, yeah, I uh, wow. I write songs, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I got a publishing deal um, within the first, first year of me moving to town, um, and... Uh, wound up doing the artist thing and uh, I made the most down the middle country records that I, I could make at the time without completely selling my soul. And uh, <laughs> eventually uh, I, I was really proud of that record. I wrote everything on it. Um, mm-hmm. I eventually I lost, lost that record deal, came home uh, back to Nashville and started writing songs for, for other people and other artists started recording my songs. I'd kind oh, of wow. uh, rest in peace my my artist career, and I had um, nine songs placed in the TV series Nashville, and that was kind of my first springboard as other people recording my songs. And then I uh, had a three week number really one cool. for Luke Bryan, um, featuring How Sharon Fairchild. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was that was <laughs> that was a, a special year. It was. Um, uh, yeah, we were nominated for an ACM and a CMA with that. And, wow. yeah, so then other artists that have recorded my songs, uh, Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Sarah Evans, Granger Smith, Reba McIntyre, Eric Church, Brantley Gilbert, 
um, Kevin Costner. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> wow. a cool list that I'm really proud yes, of. Yes, very cool. <laughs> and um, trying to wrap that answer up as quickly as I can, but that's that's a, <laughs> that's a short short version. <laughs> um, and you know what? I, that's uh, a wrap. You just did it all. No. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. Thing about it. Um, yeah, and so I guess what was the the back half? Um, what I, I do outside of music, right? Yeah. What What are some like hobbies you like mm-hmm. do outside of me? Because you know you gotta have some balance there too. Yeah. Oh well, my life is full of full of balance. So um, I, uh, I grew up. Um, showing horses professionally. That's why we moved around so much. It was just my mom and I, we uh, left my dad when I was 12. And uh, she was an equine reproductive specialist. She, we worked with horses and she uh, made the babies. And so oh, wow. Oh, wow. I won my first world championship when I was five. And uh, when I moved to Nashville, I, I stopped doing the horses for, for about 10 mm-hmm. years. And uh, recently the last few years got, have got back into it and um huh. i'm now what we call a walking agricultural tragedy mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, so i spend a lot of time with the horses I, I show them on a national level i uh won the world four times last year and um i guess other than wow. that i'm super into like western culture and retro western fashion and um cattle i like i like cattle <laughs> So no matter what you do, you go all in. Pretty much, yes. I'm very <laughs> yes. I yes, very much so. <laughs> so what would you say is something quirky about you? Quirky. Well, <laughs> uh, I think everything about me is probably <laughs> pretty quirky. <laughs> um, gosh, um, man. Uh, I think something quirky that a lot of people probably don't know about me is that I, I struggle from, I have major social anxiety. Not that that's a oh, work, well. um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, like so much that um, like whenever I, I go on stage and whatnot, I literally, I have to go into a character of myself to be able to function and do that. <laughs> um, oh, wow. So, yeah, that's I guess that's a little bit of a quirk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now I now of course this was because of age, but that reminded me. I remember the um, before Zig Ziglar passed away, we went and seen him live, mm-hmm. and I remember, and you can tell when people are in the zone because I, I remember he was walking up that stage here in Savannah, and he had a cane, and I'm thinking. Okay, I guess we're not going to get the zig that I hear on the tapes and stuff, you know. Because <laughs> you see him like barely walking, and I'm like, oh, oh my yeah. God, he's gotten, he's really aged. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. he gets up there, and the cane just drops, and oh my God, for an hour, he went back and forth mm-hmm. along the stage. And I'm like, how in the world did he go from that Full to that? Of life. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing transformation there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Goodness. But when you're in a yeah, zone, you're in a like zone. Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of um, I don't know creative people that I know that mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, are like that. So mm-hmm. I guess that makes me feel not so alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people we've talked to that you know, in fact, I've I've got friends of mine who are big motivational speakers, and they speak in front of ten thousand plus people 
And when you talk to them, they're like, oh, no, I'm shy. What do you mean you're yeah. shy? No, no, when I, when I get up on stage, I'm different. So when I get off stage, mm-hmm. I'm back me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And it's not that me on stage isn't me because it definitely yeah. is me. You yeah. know, it's just uh, it's the only way I know how to describe it is just a <laughs> character of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm naturally very, very introverted. And that's and that why I write songs. that you're called to do it. <laughs> And see, that, showed that, yeah. that shows that you're called to this because, again, you know, when someone is so scared of doing something or shy or whatever, and they still do it, and they do it well like you do, that's a, you definitely see that that's a calling. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like anybody in their right mind uh, wouldn't do this unless they absolutely, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't have anything else I can do. So, <laughs> you know what? It is, it is I, calling for sure. Well, what's funny yeah. is what you just said. Uh, I usually talk about some of the highs and then I talk about some of the lows, but I think we're going to flip it this week because you just kind of hit on something that I normally lead into for the low mm-hmm. side. So, we're going to talk about the low side first the struggles, the sacrifices. Um, yeah. Basically, where I, want, where I want this to go is. 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steele Girls and mm-hmm. when they were full-time with music. And one of the questions I asked was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she yeah. said, and she was said, um, coming from someone full-time, this is going to sound funny. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, please go do that and keep music as a hobby. She said the sacrifices that we have to make, the sacrifices that our family has to make, the struggles that we have to go through. If we're, if we're miserable today and we got a show tonight, we got to get on that stage. Like we had the best day today. We got to wear that mask on stage at yeah. all times. She goes, yeah. the, you know, even though me and my daughter are the, are the front people, our whole family has to sacrifice for us to grow. She goes, but yeah. If your heart will will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way that the sacrifices make it worth it is if you're all in. So what do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit. Oh, I agree 100% um, to uh, not having a plan B. I, I mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, I, I have nothing else that I can do. This is what <laughs> I do. Um, I have a, a very deep well. <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> that I have drawn from over the years, and uh, yeah, that's um, there's there's nothing else I can do. And the sacrifices there there are plenty of them. That that is for sure. Um, and and yeah. see, we we get you on that because you know we have no plan B here either. Um, this is no. the show, New Country Media. That's our life. Yeah, and I, and you I can figure um, it out, right. Like when you when you yeah. have no choice, you figure it out. You figure out how to make exactly. it. That's right. You have to exactly. Figure it out. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I remember, you know, and, and society doesn't get this that that side of creative people, um, because um, like when you watch a lot of the big artists get interviewed, and hosts are always they always ask the, the same question. What would you be doing if music didn't work? I've, all, I've heard that almost every art, big artist. And yeah. mm-hmm. the answer is 90% of the time, the host like, jo- almost drops their jaw because 90% of the time, the answer is always, 
I would just be a broke musician. I have no plan. Yeah. Hadn't. Yeah. And 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 they're like, mm-hmm. you mean you didn't plan in just in case? They said, no. This no. is my life. This is what I wanted to do all my life. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and I understand that with this because we launched. Uh, we actually launched originally launched New Country Buzz back in 2014. Shut it down in 2015. Um, went three years, and and I felt like everything was eating me up alive because it's like I felt like we were supposed to do this. And I, and it, we even let go the domain newcountrybuzz.com. And oh, so wow. every six months I would be, I guess it was God pushing me a little bit because I would a little nudge would I go to GoDaddy and nope nobody still bought New Country Buzz. Six months later, nope. So by the end of 2018, it was eating me alive. I told Sandy, I was like, I think we need to relaunch and finish what we started. This is just because once you're in the music, there's no leaving it. And no. so she was like, let's do this. So 2019 came. We built New Country Buzz where it is. And then today, we, you know, in the end of last year, we came up with the show idea. I, I was like, well, let's just do call it the Chris and Sandy show. And and she was like, really? Would people want to hear our do names? Do you think that'll like, work? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, Bobby, I'm like Bobby Bones does it. Um, Ty Bentley does yeah. it. So let's do it. You know why not yeah. us? And, and here it is. We launched January third, and you're our seventy third interview as of this that year. That is incredible. I love that. I love y'all's story. That that is incredible. And you guys have been busy. Seventy three, yeah. you said. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Seventy three January. That is a lot of work. <laughs> and, and and again, it's one of them things to where. Like, like with art, we really understand how artists feel. That's why I think we make the, a lot really good hosts for artists because yeah. we're in the trenches with y'all. You know, a lot yeah. of hosts mm-hmm. they're they're paid by the radio station or whatever, mm-hmm. so so they're not struggling. You know, no. they they can inter- interview y'all and they don't have to worry about money. We're right with mm-hmm. y'all. We're we're chasing yeah. the same dream y'all are, just a different platform. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of us. The blessing and the curses of us creative types. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. at what age did you know that this was it? This is what you wanted to do. You know, I was always a writer. Um, I remember being being very young uh, when I was living in Iowa. I was in probably fourth or fifth grade, maybe mm-hmm. third or fourth grade. I was I was young, and. Um, I would write these crazy elaborate stories so much to the point that I remember one time my guidance counselor had to call my mom and uh, she asked my mom, she's like, is Jada okay? Like, I think you might might need to talk to somebody. And mom's like, no, she's very creative. It's okay. Don't stifle that. Um, uh, And uh, I always sang, I sang, grew up singing in church and, um, you know, my mom and I, we were on the road a lot, uh, traveling to horse shows and, so we would hang out the window at two o'clock in the morning, singing at the top of our lungs, just trying to stay awake on those, those late night drives. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I think it's something that I, I always wanted to do. It just, um, I'm, I'm very much a realist and it was never mm-hmm. something uh, <clears throat> that I felt was realistic. That was tangible for somebody so like you're me. Really how, t- you're really in a tough up. industry to be a realist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> because let's be honest, you got to be a dreamer. 
<laughs> you do. Yeah. Well, where I'm definitely a hopeless dreamer. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, but I am, you know, very still very much a realist. And um, yeah, it just wasn't something that seemed, uh, you know, possible for somebody like me growing up mm-hmm. um, in small town, population 300, Iowa. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I wasn't one of those rich girls with daddy's money that just moved to town to to be a star. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody when I moved to Nashville. All I knew that uh, I had was I had lived a really messed up life, and mm-hmm. I knew that I could write. I, I didn't know I knew how I wrote songs, but I didn't know how other people wrote songs, and I didn't yeah. I didn't know I'd never done any co-writing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how any of that worked. I didn't know how Nashville worked. And, uh, mm-hmm. but I knew I had my story and, and I knew there was a place for me in this town. If, if I, you know, met the right people and was able to, to get that out. So. And, and you've done some wild stuff in this short time, because again, you know, and, and I say short, of course, I know you've been thinking about this for years. So, you know, yeah. when people see things, it's, they think it's an overnight success, but you're not an overnight success, but it looks yeah. like you are on paper because when all of a yeah. sudden people start seeing who you are, um, but it's not that. And that's one of the things I like to talk about with the struggle side is because I think that some people don't get and understand the whole concept of what it really takes to be um, an artist um, because you know, a lot of I, I cringe when I hear this, but you have people saying, you know, artists just need to get a real job. And I have to stop people yeah. sometimes. They don't say they need a real job because they got something better, a passion to live for. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times that passion is driven out of people because they get in such a rut with their job that now they yeah. they're like, well, I'm, they're like, well, my nine to five, I'm happy with it, so you should be happy if you have a nine to five. But here's the problem with that philosophy. I've got friends of mine that's been in their career, say, 10, 15 years. So they, mm-hmm. you know, so they they've been in school four, six, and eight years for the for these careers. And I, I'm not saying every friend, but you know, the, but you don't. I don't think you people want to steal the passion from people because here's what can happen. I've got friends that you sit down with, and they're miserable. And you ask them why, and they're like, you've got this great lifestyle, you've got this great um, family, you've got an awesome career, and then, and then mm-hmm. they'll almost always stop you and say, if they're honest, that's the problem, the career. I'm like, well, what do you mean that's the problem? You went to school for that. I'm like, no, I went to school for my parents. My parents, my uh, friends, um, guidance counselors, everybody pushed me to this career. They said, oh, you would be good at this, but that's yeah. not what I wanted to do. Yeah. So they're 15 years in their career, miserable, destroying their lives now, all because people stole that passion from them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have mixed feelings about that because I feel like, I love my job. I, I love mm-hmm. my job. and But at the end of the day, it's a really cool job, but it's still a job, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Sometimes you just, you just get burnt out. Sometimes you just have to, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love my job. And um, I don't know. It's um, – I don't know. I, I still look at it as a job, you know, when you hear other <laughs> complaining about theirs or, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you have to, sorry, your brain hurts because you had to sit in a room with two other cool people 
and uh, try to make up a song from your brain today. You know, people have no no empathy for for songwriters or artists. They they really don't. Um, but uh, so yeah, it's um. I don't know. I think everything at the end of the day becomes a job, right? <laughs> and that's why, and that's why I like to bring up the whole the negative side to all this because I want yeah. people to see that, oh, yeah. that that you have a real job. You have in fact you yeah. as an independent artist, you probably have 10 to 20 real jobs because yeah. you're doing it all, mm-hmm. you know, a lot on, in yeah. a lot of cases, especially the beginning artists. Yeah. And people don't get that that this is something that's deep inside of them. It's one of the things that you can't do. And I never imagined doing what Sandy and I are doing. It was funny as the story, how this all started with mm-hmm. uh, when we first married 17 years ago, I was one of these people that was big in the, the motivational audio stuff. And I was going to be this big motivational speaker to speak in front of thousands of people. That was my dream. That was my vision. But Sandy's mm-hmm. vision was she wanted to do some, she didn't know what, but she wanted to do something in music. So mm-hmm. we get together, and all I listen to was motivational audios 24-7. All she <laughs> listens to is country music 24-7. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, there's a problem there because we're a 24, we've been a 24-7 couple since the day we married. So <laughs> there's a little issue there. When we're in the car, what do we do? <laughs> so we had to come to an agreement that we'll just do 50% audios and 50% videos. Now, I still believe in audio stuff. But she yeah. I always joked that she brainwashed me in all this music stuff because that <laughs> that started the cycle of me understand, understanding the power of music. I didn't understand it back then because I believe yeah. if you owned a business, you should be listening to audios in your car, period, not music. <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> I mean, I was all in on that. And see, and he now was. here it is 17 years later, we have fa- God has helped us wrap around because again, I'm. I still get to do motivational speaking in a way because I'm mm-hmm. this, uh, on this platform, you know, yeah, to totally. a degree. I, I'm still getting to speak. She's still yeah. getting to be around music. So we found a way I to am. combine both, both yeah. of our passions under this one umbrella, the Chris and Sandy show. So, you know, you, you just never it know works. where it's going to go. Perfect combination. <laughs> <laughs> I, just had to get, I just had to give up my ego of wanting to be on the stage dates and realize that you know what if this would be better for our marriage to build from here then this because yeah. i still i'm still getting to get i'm still getting i guess you could say the high from this you know that you know yes you get <laughs> from talking but I, i'm yeah. still getting to get that without being on the stage and, and sandy and i could do this together so you know what it, it's a win-win for all of us totally yeah that's awesome so now that we talked about a lot of the struggle side, um, tell us uh, some of the you know, highlights. And I know you at the very beginning you said a few, but how did you get on Real Country? So um, I th- that was a really interesting uh, how that whole thing happened. So I was writing for uh, Sony ATV at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, it was right before the Key West Songwriters Festival. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so Sony, I was, had been writing for Sony, and they sat me down. And um, they dropped me. They dropped me from oh, my wow. publishing deal. And this was in April of that year. And uh, and it totally came out of the blue. And I, I wasn't expecting that because I, you know, I had, had a lot of stuff going on as far as other artists recording my songs. But mm-hmm. um, not enough, apparently. Uh, so anyway, I, I went to the Key West Songwriters Festival and 
uh, hadn't gone in several years and just thought it would be good for me to go. And so I went and I, I was playing a couple of shows and I got off the stage and this woman came up to me after I got up and I sang Home Alone Tonight with one of the guys that I'd co-written it with. And uh, she came running up to me and she goes, Jada Dreyer, Jada Dreyer, are you Jada Dreyer? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I'm here to find you. I was sent here to find you. And I'm like, oh, God, is somebody serving me with papers? Like, what's, what's going on, you know? And uh, she's like, no, no, uh, I'm with the USA Network and uh, working on a, a show called Real Country, and they sent me here to find you and to pitch you on our new show. And uh, over the years, I'd been approached to do shows like American Idol and The Voice. They just never never made any sense to me at uh, that yeah. particular time in mm-hmm. my career, you know. Uh, but, you know, I had just lost my publishing deal, and I didn't have a job. And so <laughs> I asked her, I was like, you know what, pitch me on your show. And uh, she did. <laughs> and and what I liked about that show was that they, they first of all, they encouraged me to actually be myself. Um, mm-hmm. There were a couple times where it was like pulling teeth, but I stuck to my guns, and I'm glad that I did. But uh, <laughs> And they, they also, mm-hmm. they didn't take anything from you. Like, you know, an American Idol and The Voice, like whether you mm-hmm. win the whole thing or you, you know, make the top 30, they own you for the rest of your life. And yeah. uh, they didn't take anything from me. And so I liked that. Oh, wow. Uh, so I did the show. I I did it because it's going to sound awful, but I didn't have a job. And it was $100,000 <laughs> to win that thing. And uh, I could <laughs> authentically be myself on on national television and um and so i did i went on national television and risked getting my butt kicked uh i had big hair and i wore rhinestones and i sang country music (laughs) and uh i won the whole darn thing and that felt good (laughs) that is i love that because you know again you know it's one of them fate things that go god you know some people say fate some people say god Mm -hmm. but it's one of them moments to where things just fall into place. Like I have a moment kind of like that um, where for years we've been wanting to move to Jacksonville, Florida. So, and we live in Savannah, so it's like a two-hour drive. So we actually go to Jacksonville a lot, I mean two, three, four times a month. And that's kind of been the hardest part of with this whole coronavirus is we don't get to do that right now. But we yeah. do that a lot. In fact, we did it so mm-hmm, much and we love that, that. Pe- that people at the Florida Welcome Center, if we ain't went there like in a year, they'd be like, um, we ain't seen y'all in a while. You know you go a lot when <laughs> when they when they recognize you when a million people go through there. Um, They're like, but, um, we, <laughs> but, you know, but we love the Jackson. We, we we always feel like the Jacksonville, Florida area is like the best kept secret of Florida. You, people don't yeah. think about moving to Jacksonville. They think about every other place but Jacksonville. That's why it's so great. But yeah. we try to make connections there and I try to get the business community a little bit there and try to do this different things there and just and, even though we're at a distance, you can still make connections without being there. Uh, and it just nothing seemed to fit. And then it was like I was telling Sandy one day, I was like, you know, cannot find like, – we cannot make meaningful connections in Jacksonville. But here we are. We get all these connections in Nashville. It's like maybe God's been up to something yeah. and we don't even realize it. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's like, uh, again, you know, we have, you know, it's the, the community in Nashville is like nothing I've ever seen. 
it's so true. You know, people people say that, and I, mm-hmm. I yes, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I mean, that's the only. Uh, I was very fortunate when I I moved to mm-hmm. town very early on that I was connected. I got connected randomly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with with the right people, and uh, the songwriting community really embraced me. And it was those people that whose songs that I listened to that they had written. You know, mm-hmm. growing up on the radio, uh, those are the people that essentially <laughs> taught me how to write songs. And uh, wow. they welcomed me and, and took me under their wings. And um, now it's kind of it's kind of strange because. I, I still like to think of myself as the baby, but I'm not the baby anymore. I find myself <laughs> being that person for younger artists moving to town now. And so that's kind uh-huh. of a, a interesting place. <laughs> you know, one of the cool <laughs> natural stories that we have is I can remember about six months ago, I, I was posting on Facebook about, look, you know, does anybody locally, and I'm talking about Savannah here, anybody mm-hmm. locally have a podcast mic that they'd like to get rid of? I'd love to come get it from you. I actually had somebody, one of my friends from Nashville, private message me. So, what's your address? I'll mail you one. Wow. Uh, yeah, that And again, <laughs> that's when I realized that there's something special about Nashville. And then it was like, not too long after that was when the big tornadoes happened. And when I saw what the Nashville community did through yeah. that, I knew we were yeah. supposed to be there. Yeah, that was yeah. Tennessee strong, man. It was, uh, that was something. It really was. And, um, you know, and then the COVID-19 mm-hmm. pandemic happened just right oh, after yeah. that. It's so awful mm-hmm. because you think about all the, the uh, we fortunately weren't, weren't affected. We were just, we were probably about five or six miles south mm-hmm. of where the tornado hit. So we didn't have any damage, oh, right. but, um, you know, I know people that, that lost everything and it was like the next week that, uh, the governor here, you know, shut shut everything mm-hmm. down. Um, I feel so had like terrible a double for the tornado victims. Yeah, because uh, I think a lot of them, you know, kind of got forgotten in, in the mix of uh, you know everybody focusing on the on the virus, which you know, rightfully so. I, I understand that, and you know, social distancing mm-hmm. and and whatnot. But yeah, Nashville, the music community. We've had a rough year this year, I'll tell you. If you think about it, <laughs> yeah. with the pandemic mm-hmm. and everything, you know, people don't think about uh, how many people that actually affect, um, you yeah. know, from the booking mm-hmm. agents to the sound guys to club owners to the bus drivers mm-hmm. to the crew members. I mean, to the songwriters, nobody's recording songs right now, so we don't have to write songs. But it's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's been a heck of a year, that's for sure here. And, you know, this is probably the perfect time to take a small break, a little commercial break, and then we're going to play your song, um, Under Pressure, I think, perfect spot for this. Um, So we're going to take a quick break, and then Mm -hmm. we'll just hang on there, and then we will come back after all that. How's that sound? Perfect. Thank you. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry, 
The sports guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Produced that with um, one of my favorite 
favorite uh, co-writers and collaborators, Park Chisholm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was for a particular project we were working on uh, a few months before um, the pandemic kind of hit. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. the day that I made the my last trip to Music Row to write before we all had to start self-quarantine. And um, we didn't even write a song that day. We all just kind of sat in the room and the weight of the situation was just heavy for everyone. And mm-hmm. on my drive home, uh, the rough mix of of that song, of my version of it, came up. And mm-hmm. I just started to cry. And it just really had, had an effect on me. And I was like, you know, this, if there was ever a time for this song my version of that song to, to be mm. released. It, it just felt like now, you know, I was thinking about wow. all the, the doctors and the nurses and the healthcare workers and essential workers and people in the grocery mm. stores and the pharmacies and, mm-hmm. and just all of us, you know, the national music community and, and not just us. I mean, cause this obviously isn't an isolated issue. You know, it's, it's everyone yeah. in the world. We're literally all mm-hmm. in this together. <laughs> and, uh, yes. you know, just, you know, I, I just pray, you know, through these hard times that we all gain a greater sense of community and realize what's important in life and understand that despite all of our differences, that we are all connected. And mm-hmm. I hope that, you know, this is our chance to, to make the world a better place and, yeah. you know, just love, love our fellow humans. <laughs> Most definitely. And before I forget, um, my buddy Brandon will oh, get mad at me if I don't mention it, but I think you're supposed to, you may be going on his show next week, the Sports Guys podcast. Oh, nice! Yeah, he's been <laughs> trying to get me on there for a long time, and uh, God, yeah, I I owe it to him for sure. Uh, so, hey, Brandon, what's up? I'm excited to, to finally talk to you. <laughs> it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> so. So as you know, when it comes to being an artist, <clears throat> fans see you. But to do what you do, it takes a team of people. And I yeah. think that a lot, of, a lot of times the team of people get left out because nobody really talks about the team. And I yeah. always want to give that some clout here. Um, so from your PR people to your manager to your producers, you know, whoever you want, want to, can you tell us a little bit about the team behind you that helps you do what you do best? Wow. Um, I mean, honestly, my, my team, like all teams, uh, uh, the players have, have changed throughout the years. Um, Matt, uh, Matt Watkins and Christy Walker Watkins um, have uh, been on my team for a very, very long time now. Um, and they're uh, my PR folks. Um uh, my booking agent, Lance Roberts at, at UTA, he's been with me for a long time. Uh, and he, uh, gosh, he, he got me on one of my, my proudest uh, things that I have done in my life mm-hmm. is uh, I went out on um, Merle Haggard's, one of Merle Haggard's last tours uh, before he passed oh, wow. away. And uh, Lance, Lance put me on on that. And so that, that was really special. And uh, Lance also got me on the grand old Opry. So that was, I've, <laughs> I've played there regularly, but um, Lance, that's because of Lance. And so I'm forever grateful for that. 
songwriting community, man. I mean, that I, I would have nothing if if I didn't have the songs. I I would have nothing. Uh, I've always just looked at myself as a as a songwriter that sings. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, there wouldn't wouldn't be a song for me to sing if I didn't have the songs. So, uh, for sure. And my mom, my mom, she's uh, drug my butt around the country and. Uh, <laughs> So, so tell us a mom. Me tell in the us butt a story. When I it. <laughs> so tell us a story, a mom story, where, where maybe it was years ago. It could even be recent. Where she went above and beyond, and that was when you were like, "Wow, she actually believes in what you're doing." <laughs> this is not a music-related story at all, but I think it shows a mother's love. Um, <laughs> we had just moved from my my parents had just gotten divorced, and. Uh, my mom and I, we moved uh, from Latimer, Iowa to Ocala, Florida, and we were living on this uh, big horse farm where she worked, and mm-hmm. uh, I would always get home from school about an hour. I don't know. Like, she would work, I mean, until, like, 6 o'clock at night or whatever, but she would come home and check on me in the afternoon. But uh, anyway, the only thing she got out of the divorce was uh, a brand-new Suburban. <laughs> and uh, one of her friends uh, – thought it would be a cool cool thing to teach me how to drive so Mm -hmm. uh I was 12 years old and uh uh, I I would take her suburban out joyriding all the time after I would get home from school and one day I went (laughs) and I I picked up my friend Zach who lived right down the road whose parents also worked on the farm and uh we essentially stole the suburban we crashed it and our school bus that had just dropped us off had picked us up and (laughs) took Mm -hmm. us back to the house and, um, yeah, mom, mom went and, uh, <laughs> I don't know what kind of shenanigans she pulled. Um, I'm pretty sure she said that she, she crashed the, the vehicle into the telephone. Booth, but, oh, wow. um, yeah. So she didn't disown me. So that's, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's, that's a really cool story, but show it definitely it shows is. you the mom's love there. Again, you know, Moms will do what they, whatever they can to protect yeah. their kids. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I mean, she's like, when we go out on the road, I mean, we joke. I mean, she drives the band van. Uh, she sells the merch. We call her Merch Mama. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, she kind of wrangles all the boys together and books all the hotel rooms and does all that mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, yeah, she's a, she's a very instrumental uh, part of the team for sure. That is awesome. And because we're talking about families here, um, we're a family show, so we always like to bring our eight-year-old on. Ask, he always loves to ask one question. Christopher. If he's going to go to his mommy, that'd <laughs> be good on that phone. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he, he gets upset if he don't get to do this. Okay, here's Christopher. Hi, Christopher. Hey, Jada, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Oh, my goodness. Um. Hmm. Today I I love food. Today I'm gonna say Mexican food, enchiladas. Ooh, that's that's what I'm gonna say today. Yeah. And what, and what's, what's your, your favorite food? Pizza. Yep. Hey. Oh, I love pizza. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what kind of pizza? Uh, pepperoni. That a boy. That's that's the way to do it. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Yep, he, he comes and goes as quick as he comes, as quick as he goes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he loves to be part of it, though. 
uh, on them. And, and, you know, I've always told people that, you know, I've always been taught that if you want to inspire passion and purpose into your kids, that you need to allow them to um, see you live it out yourself. And I hopefully we're doing that for him. <laughs> Definitely, I would say so. <laughs> and for Kate, and of course, and for Caitlin, when, you know, she's one, she's fourteen yeah. months old now. So hopefully, when she gets a little yeah. older, we, you know, we can insert her into the show too. And maybe by then, little Chris will be doing the technical side of our show, so I can just get there. You go. <laughs> he probably will be. He's good at anything technology. So if you could That's co-write awesome. with anyone dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh, my goodness. Um, I would be scared out of my gourd, um, but uh, <laughs> either Steve Earle or, or Chris Christopherson. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that would uh, – those, those would be at the top of my list. It's funny because – when I first moved to Nashville and the publisher mm-hmm. I was working with at the time, they, they had me make a list of all my dream co-writes. And um, mm-hmm. I had, and they said, put anybody, everybody that you could possibly dream of, you know, on that list. And mm-hmm. uh, the only two people that are still left <laughs> on that list are, are Chris Christopherson and Steve oh, Earle. Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. So, and, so, uh, so you better get busy. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'd, I'd be scared too, and um, I, I don't know what we'd write about, but I'm sure it'd be some heartache and heartache and sad song. I'm sure. So, <laughs> so if you were in front of either one of them right now, what would be your first question? Um, <laughs> I would ask. Uh, I would ask Steve Earle to tell me his favorite Guy Clark story. Oh, well. um, yeah. Uh, I, I wrote a lot with Guy um, before mm-hmm. he passed away, and uh, I know Steve and him, you know, were were really good buds. So I I would ask Steve that, and Chris um, Offerson. I don't know. I would probably just he's like my ultimate man crush. So I would probably just <laughs> stand there, and I I got to meet him one time backstage at the oh, Ryman, wow. and. Uh, oh, cool. I, I kept, I, I had thought for, because I knew this was going to happen, I was going to meet him, and I had spent two weeks trying to figure out what I can possibly say to, you know, mm-hmm. the man who has heard everything, and uh, <laughs> when I when I met him, I, I'm walking up to him, and I still have no idea what I'm going to say, and he just looks at mm-hmm. me, and he goes, am I in a dream? And <laughs> I was just like, well, that's perfect. I don't have to. I don't have to say anything. This is just great. And then I proceeded to tell him how my mom and I were in Hawaii and we had a helicopter and flew it over his house. And uh, he said we should have stopped by. I did that to Johnny Cash one time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Man. So I guess I'd probably I'd probably ask him if he, you know, maybe remembered me telling that story. <laughs> yeah. So, what is yeah. your songwriting process? When when you sit down, what do you do? You do the music first, or I mean, what goes into a yeah. song for you personally? Um, I mean, it's different every time. Honestly, it depends if I'm writing by myself or mm-hmm. uh, if I'm co-writing, or and, and honestly, like who I'm co-writing with, because uh, I I write a lot of different kinds of songs. I mean, I. I'll go to LA and I've done like Nicki Minaj and Celine Dion camps out there. Uh, 
and then, you know, I write the down the middle uh, stuff that you hear on the radio. And then I've got my artist thing. And then I write the two chord folk songs. So, and I, I love all kinds of music. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it all, it's, it's different every time. Uh, but at the core of it for me, uh, if there's not, if it's not a great idea, um, mm-hmm. then uh, it's hard for me to, yeah. um, you know, to, to really latch onto it unless it's mm-hmm. uh, the unique perspective, a unique way of, of looking even at just an old idea, you know what I mean? Or yeah. what we would call a generic mm-hmm. idea if it's a different spin on it. Um, so that's, that's what really gets, gets me excited. <laughs> so <laughs> when, when you look back at your songs that you've written so far, what's the one song that means the most to you and why? Wow. Um, you know, that one's hard. That, that's a hard question. I have like they all 2,500 mean songs in my catalog. Yeah. Um, and not that they're all good songs by any means, but uh, <laughs> I tried to make them good songs at one point. <laughs> um, God, there's one, I, I wrote a song um, called Sleeping in the Stars. Uh, that was recorded by Tim McGraw and Faith Hill on their duets record. And um, that mm. song, how that song came about uh, taught me uh, a really great lesson that I, I constantly have to remind myself of mm-hmm. uh, when I start chasing my tail in this town and writing songs. But um, the song, it's a, it's a four minute ballad about death, but I, I wrote it from the person of, um, I, I wrote it to my unborn children, and so I. Oh, wow. That song is is very special to me. So, and it was really special that that they recorded it. So. <laughs> oh well. So I'm about to ask yeah. a question, and I'll explain why I'm asking it this way in just a second. If you had a magic yeah. wand, and what you're about, and you could wave it, and what you're about to say, would for sure come true. Where would you be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it that way, because I want you to think for real here, because a lot of artists, they don't. And the reason I'm saying that is because this past February made five years that we asked that exact same question to Kelsey Ballerini. And she's living almost to the T what she told us five years ago that she wanted to be. And I think there's power in that. And and so I I like to ask it in that way. So what is your Mm -hmm. vision? Where do you want to be in five years? Happy. <laughs> Happy. Happy. That's, yeah. I still making music and getting mm-hmm. paid for it and mm-hmm. uh, writing songs that I'm proud of and making music with my friends and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, hopefully have a, a family of my own. And, um, yeah, that'd be a good place to start. <laughs> So if you had a friend of yours, and let's say that you heard them sing, you got mm-hmm. a really good tone to them, and you can tell that they do have something special. But they've only played, let's say they played five or ten shows so far. Now, this would be pre-COVID advice, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but let's say they played five or ten shows, and they got on that stage, and they got what every artist says they get, that stage bug. And they, you know, they come to you, and they come to you and say, I feel like I am supposed to do this. This is where I'm supposed to be the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person for the next that will help guide them the next two, three, four years? Get used to hearing no. 
<laughs> and 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 learn to love it. Um, because it's um if you don't if you don't learn to love that and let that fuel your fire, um it'll beat you up and that's you know mm-hmm. They say 100 people a day move to Nashville. Well, <laughs> yep. I think, mm-hmm. you know, probably 150 go home every day um, <laughs> and because they just, you know, they uh, you got to be thick skinned. And um, and I think you wait your turn. A lot mm-hmm. of that, you know, is um, you just wait, wait your turn. This town is a mm-hmm. um, they call it a 10 year put in your time and. and and educate yourself on all aspects of the industry. Learn who the songwriters are. Learn mm-hmm. about the history of country music. I mean, I, I really don't think that, um, you know, you can't get to where you're going if you don't know where, where you come right, from, yeah. you know, and have a respect for uh, the roots and the foundation that this industry was built upon. Um, and so, yeah, learn to learn to like hearing no and educate yourself on, on all aspects of the industry. I think those are, those are two really important things. Yeah. And you talk about the learning the word no, that's really good advice. Um, was there ever a moment that happened where you were like, I'm just going to ready. I'm just, you're, you were at the edge where you had a fork in the road and you were just ready to quit. Was, did you, have you ever had that moment? Cause I think most artists have had that moment where they had to make a decision. Oh, yeah. What, yeah, tell us about that. I mean, I think you talk to to any of my my co-writers, any any of us. Um, uh, yeah, that's like on a a quarterly basis. <laughs> um, you know, really, um, it's uh, yeah. This we're like on this cycle. Like, okay, like it starts mm-hmm. out. It's like I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Oh my God. What's happening? What's happening? I suck. I suck. I suck. I want to die. I want to die. I'm going to quit. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm awesome again. I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Like it just goes around in a big circle. And uh, that's the curse of being born a creative, creative person. Right. Um, uh-huh. And uh, so I don't know. Um, I'm still here. <laughs> that's, when, that's when not having a backup plan. Um, True, because you see a backup plan B. You know, they always say that I've always heard the saying that if you got a plan B, when when you struggle, plan B will become plan A. Oh, it totally will, and it's just too easy then. You know, it's too easy to say, well, uh, I I don't want to wade through this muddy water, and I'm just going to go work at a bank. You know, Um, and but some of the best things come from you know that the dark time, the muddy water. Um, I've learned that no matter how dark things have gotten in my life, um, uh there's always been something better on the other side of it. Always. Exactly. And you know, I I understand exactly where you're coming from because even with this show, Sandy has too many times um, um, pulled me down from the cliff (laughs) because I'm just ready to give it all up. And I'm like, she's like, no, because it's, 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 although we're growing, it's like a slow process. And I, and I love the analogy Mm -hmm. I remember hearing years ago. It's it's almost like we're, and I think artists can feel this is we're like push. There's this hill and we're behind this big boulder. We're pushing that boulder up that hill, but we can't see around the boulder because the boulder is so big. So yeah. we know there's the top of the hill somewhere, 
We just mm-hmm. don't know where that hill is. And, but we just have to keep pushing and keep pushing. And if you try to look around the boulder to see the hill, the boulder's going to go backwards because now you ain't got all your strength pushing. That's but, right. So you have to just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. Then one day you're going to hit that top of that hill where the boulder starts to descend. And then yeah. you'll get the ride a little bit, and then of course, then then again, as creatives, got to go through the then next hill. Then there's another hill. <laughs> <laughs> there's always another hill. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that's how I see this whole thing. And that's probably any business owner, you know, because of course we're all business owners. I mean, you as an yeah. artist, even yeah. though people don't see it that way, you are a business owner. Period. Totally. And I yeah. and I think that that's issues um, that that you know. But today I'm up. Tomorrow I'm down. Today I'm up. Tomorrow I'm like ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very uh, real. The struggle is very real. <laughs> it's, it's like and an that's emotional why I write songs. <laughs> <laughs> to get it out through that. That's right. <laughs> um, so, so as we come down to our last questions, which kind of sucks, I love you know I could do this all night, but I don't like to take up too much of people's time. Um, no. Last question is, what is a question that you kind of wish hosts like us would ask that they never do? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I feel like this whole uh, this whole interview has been uh, rather refreshing. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. You guys are doing a great job. Um, oh, we so well, we appreciate, appreciate that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't, again, I can't the, think of anything, honestly. The, I mean, the, usually, yeah, everybody just kind of has the same stock stock questions, and you know, it's uh, nice to to be able to talk about the real stuff. That's, um, I think, more people people want to hear that. You know, people want to yeah. hear. Exactly. The real and hear the grit. And yes. It's beautiful, but it's not all sunshine and roses. And, <laughs> oh, you know, so true. Yeah. You know, so I think the best advice I've ever been given, you know, one of my, one of my Nashville friends I went to and I asked him, um, what advice would you give us as we start to launch this show? And I think this is great advice for whether you're an art and really great advice for anybody, but spe- specifically with whether you're a host or you're an artist. But I remember him telling us that, Whatever you know, I'll give, he said I'll give you one piece of advice: stay and be authentic. He said because yeah. he he knows we look up to like Bobby Bones and Ty Bentley and people like that. He says he says let's pretend that you can be a second-rate Bobby Bones. He says I don't think you can, but let's say you can pull it off, or, <laughs> and you can tell all the jokes of Bobby Bones and all that. But he said the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. He says you can't hide yeah. that. And no. he said, when that day comes, how, however big your audience is, you will lose every one of them because they're not attracted to offended Chris. They're attracted to fake Chris. He said, if you yeah. start being authentic from the beginning, then the right audience will come. Oh, totally. I agree 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've never forgot that. And that's, and again, because I remember we, when we interviewed Jeff Coffey um, a few weeks ago or a month ago, whatever it was. I remember going after he shared the um, thread. I remember going to his thread. You know, they always say that never, never read comments. <laughs> and <laughs> I was reading one of the comments, and the person said, "Great interview, but the host is windy." Now I had to ask oh, Sandy, what, 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 what the, I was like, "What does that even mean?" 
And then Sandy said, told me, long, long-winded. And I was long-winded. like, oh, okay, I'm a, yeah. this, see, that's my authentic <laughs> self. I'm long-winded. I've been doing this for yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> so you're fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> oh, what's funny is I remember through the years, as 17 years that Sandy and I have been married, as we're about to end this, but I, I remember that we were um, – Going through um, so many times we'd be on the street, and, it, and, I'm, and I'm not talking about running into friends. I end up in a conversation with anybody, and mm-hmm. she knows right then we're 60 minutes, period. <laughs> but and, and she would oh, almost roll her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and she would almost <laughs> roll her eyes at times. A lot and, of times. And, 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 and it would be funny because we didn't realize it back then that we know now there was a reason we went through. Because I probably had conversations like that with a thousand different people through our seventeen yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Just and now everything happens that, for a reason. Exactly. Yeah, because they of gave that, you stories I can hold to tell. plus conversations about. here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just crazy. You know what? We loved having you on. And if you could tell everybody um, how they can um, reach you, kind of self promotion. Yeah, time you for can uh, find me on all the social media. Platforms. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and it's all at Jada Dreyer, and it's J A I D A D R E Y E R. And uh, yeah, you can find me on Spotify and iTunes, and uh, right here. <laughs> and and we'll have to look you up if we come to Nashville. Please do. I'd love that. <laughs> I'll buy y'all pizza. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But we'll, uh, a little crazy. Oh, that sounds that. great. We'll tell him that. Yeah, <laughs> and we look forward to having you back on down the road. We do. I would love that. Thank you all. Have a great day. And y'all take care and be safe. All right, you oh, too. You too. It was great talking to you. Thanks so right. much. Bye bye. 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 Hey everyone. Hope you really enjoyed the show and that. You know, it was, she's really great. We did. Be sure to look her up and all of that. And again, I think we got two interviews tomorrow. So we will see you at, I think, 2 o'clock is the first one. See you later.